This is Jeremy Bassetti, and you're listening to Travel Writing World, a podcast featuring interviews with travel writers about their work and about the business and craft of travel writing. You can find the episode show notes, free travel writing resources, and much more at travelwritingworld.com. Hello, everyone. This is episode 81 of the Travel Writing World podcast. Joining me today is Jessica Vincent, who, along with Manisha Rajesh, Simon Wilmore, and Levison Wood, edited a volume of essays called The Best British Travel Writing of the 21st Century. The book will be published on March 10 by Summersdale. In this episode, I ask Jess what makes the best travel writing anyway, and we talk about how the pandemic reshaped our approach to travel and how it helped rekindle an interest in travel writing despite our worst fears. All that is coming up in the interview. But before we start the episode today, just a reminder to share the podcast with your friends on social media, leave a review on the Apple Podcasts app or whichever podcasting app you use, or support the show with only a few dollars a month at travelwritingworld.com forward slash support. Lastly, to stay up to date with travel, nature, and place writing news, consider signing up for Genius Loci, my free monthly email roundup of news and links at jeremybassetti.com. A new roundup goes out on the first of the month. So now, here is Jessica Vincent. Jessica, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Great to be back. Now, last time we spoke, I think we chatted about uh, Lori Lee's As I Walked Out One Midsummer Morning. And at that time, you were announcing the call for essays for the best British travel writing of the 21st century. Um, And fast forward to now, and the essays have been selected. The book has been put together and is scheduled to be published on March 10 by Summersdale. So great news here. And I was wondering if you could like introduce us to this book. Can you give us an overview of the essays of this new volume? Like, can you tell, tell us more? Yeah, sure. Um, so that feels like a long time ago now um, when we were asking writers to submit their, their best work. Um, we've come a long way since then. It's been um, a brilliant, um, challenging, but also very exciting year putting this book together. Mm-hmm. Um, the book is a collection of 30 stories uh, 30 stories published in UK uh, British magazines like Condé Nast Traveller UK, like National Geographic Traveller, Wanderlust, and lots of different publications. Um, so as you said, Jeremy, a year ago, we asked uh, travel writers, they could be from anywhere in the world, they didn't have to be British, uh, to submit their stories, their, what they thought was their best stories published in UK uh, magazines. And we received hundreds of submissions and um, it was a very, very difficult decision. But myself and uh, Simon Wilmore, the um, chairman of the British Guild of Travel Writers, Leveson Wood, uh, um, best-selling author, and Manisha Rajesh, also a very well-known travel writer, the four of us got together and decided on the final collection of stories and now we have the book which is the best British travel writing of the 21st century so it's stories between the year 2000 uh, published between 2000 and 2021 and there are each story is very very different we've got 
stories of adventure, uh, you know, paddling down a Congolese river in a dugout canoe. We've got stories about um, traveling to Taiwan. Um, Jessica travels to Taiwan with her mother um, and discovers more about her heritage through plants. Uh, have we've got there's just so so many different stories we've got stories as well about um pilgrimages to india to saudi arabia uh the list goes on and on and on mm. so they're really i'm very very proud of the diversity of stories that there are in this anthology that's great yeah it sounds like there's a lot of geographic uh diversity here but there's also a lot of um write, writing diversity so you have um you know travel writing as you know is like often perceived to be this like white man's <laughs> world. But um, can you tell us about the, the diversity of authors here that you have uh, in this new collection? Yeah, this, the, the thing about diversity was really, really important to me when we were putting this book together. Um, obviously, it's a book that looks part at the last 20 years, so it's looking backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really wanted it to look forwards as well and kind of set the tone for what I would hope uh, that the future of travel writing will look like. So a major part of that for me was that that it wasn't going to be a collection of 30 white male authors. Uh, it was going to be a collection that represents the enormous diversity that does exist in travel writing. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't been very well represented. So we've got a huge variety of voices. We've got Obviously, of course, female and male writers, but we've also got um, black writers. We've got um, writers from very different backgrounds who are Canadian, British, Taiwanese, um, who have had very different upbringings. We've also got very different writing styles and and destinations as well. You know, I didn't want this book to be just about European destinations. We've got you know, stories um, on Iraq, on Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, um, you know, from all over the world. And we've tried to really have very, very, uh, as as many diverse stories as possible so that when people read this, you know, it's not all about exoticizing or choosing the most exotic destinations. Mm -hmm. It's not about that. It's about making sure that as many different perspectives are in this book as possible. And that hopefully when you read this book, you will, someone will be able to, I hope there's a story for everyone, basically, that someone will be able to identify with at least one story in there. Yeah, that's great. As you mentioned earlier, your co-conspirators, Levison, Manisha, and Simon, and along with yourself, uh, selected the essays. But even there, there's, you know, a nice representation of, of diversity. Um, but you know, not to speak for them, but in your opinion, what makes, what makes the best travel writing, uh, in, in British, <laughs> like what, what was, what was your, what, what makes yeah, the best? That's, it's, yeah. It's a hard, it's a hard question. Yeah. And I know, I know, I mean, it's a question myself and everyone who's been working on this book, we've all had um, many discussions around this and I know um, it's going to be a question going forward when the, the book publishes next month. And the the truth is, you know, no one, in my opinion, has ultimate authority on what is the best or what is brilliant or what is great, because it's so subjective. Travel writing is extremely subjective. What is brilliant to me, what is best to me 
might not be best to you, Jeremy, and that is completely fine. And and actually, that's good. That's the best thing about about um, travel writing that we can that different stories will convey different emotions in different people. But however, <laughs> to do an anthology, you do have to come, you know, to we had to set parameters for us. Our parameters are, we asked travel writers to submit their best work between what they considered to be their proudest work between the year 2000 and 2021 published in UK magazine. So this isn't an anthology that claims that it's the um, best writing ever written of all time. (laughs) So it's the best travel writing of the selection that we received. And you know, I'm very aware that um, what we believe to be absolutely fantastic might not be for everyone, but the four people that I chose to, he- the three other people, sorry, that I chose to help me um, choose this collection, you know, they were chosen for a reason. We all have very different backgrounds. We all read very different things. And you could tell when we were discussing what stories should go forward, we all had a different standpoint. So that as well, I think, has has helped to create an anthology that will hopefully um, appeal to lots of different people. Mm. But is it the best? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. It's very, very difficult to say. Now, that's interesting that it's essentially like the artist's choice or the author's choice here when they submit what they consider to be their best published work. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that's wonderful. It's kind of like them having a say are you know trying to have a say in, in 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 the end product you know often we hear about you know them not having so much of a say in terms of editorial of 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 you know the 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 finished product of their own work often goes through many layers and here it seems that they're kind of putting their best foot forward and and trying to kind of i i guess contribute to the conversation of of what they consider the best so i guess uh, i'm fumbling through this question but it seems like the 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 author is kind of more present and and them kind of representing themselves. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. And that is actually you've you've put that forward really nicely because that's exactly how I view this. I, there was a very it wasn't random to ask people to put forward their work. There was a very um, that it was a conscious choice to ask writers. Um, to really think about what their best work over the last 20 years has been. I mean, these writers have written hundreds of articles, some of some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, the stories, the three stories that they put forward, they were the ones they were proudest of. And I think it's important to to do that because it involves, as you say, it gives it gives the writer that opportunity to reflect on their own work. And I, I think, I think it is brilliant. I'm very proud of the stories mm-hmm. that have made it into the anthology. Mm-hmm. So on on this side of the pond, <laughs> the best is no more. Um, the best American travel yeah. writing series it, it has come to an end. Um, last year was the last volume, and yet the world is now seeing a British incarnation <laughs> of that. Um, so can we uh, like read anything in the leaves here about the state of travel writing from? you know, in a global perspective, what uh, it seems like here it's going down over there, it's going up. Like, can we read into, into this in any way? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm gutted by the way that the, um, that 
for American travel writing, they decided to to stop doing that because mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed that anthology. And actually, I owe the best American travel writing. It was actually through your your podcast, Jeremy, that I heard Jason Watson talking about the best American travel writing. And that's when I started Googling. I thought there is no best British travel writing. So in a way, that was a huge inspiration, the the best American travel writing. And I was a huge fan of that anthology. And, you know, I don't like to read. It's hard sometimes to kind of, I don't want to put meaning where there might not be. I mean, there are so many reasons why that anthology, they might have stopped it. You know, we don't know. Maybe if we pitch that the best American travel writing to another publisher, they might pick it up. So I don't know the state of travel writing in the US. um, And I wouldn't want to make a comment on that based just off um, the best American travel writing and being discontinued with that publisher. But what I do know is that at least in the UK, through the pandemic, there was a lot at the beginning, there was a lot of talk of, you know, travel writing is going to die um mm-hmm. look at you know it was already on its last legs and then covid happened <laughs> but the reality is that actually through covid new magazines have been popping up there's been lots of new travel books that are coming out um in in this year so people have been writing and being really creative through covid even though we weren't be, being able to travel so I think actually COVID in many ways has been positive for the travel writing industry in in the UK, at least, because I've seen colleagues stepping out of their comfort zones, trying new things, uh, creating, you know, new podcasts, new books, um, just lots of different different things. And I think in the UK, I at least now I feel that the future does look bright for travel writing and maybe maybe I'm just overly optimistic yeah but the the fact that a publisher picked up this book during covid and said yeah I think this has a chance it's got to speak for something yeah that's that's interesting that you mention you know the pandemic and all the the new kind of travel adjacent con- uh, content popping up during the pandemic i remember you had this really great uh, instagram live series uh, where you chatted with travel writers um, Sophie Roberts, I think, had one as well on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And it was just like this, you know, this flood of kind of amazing conversations. And I mean, in some ways that kind of connects us um, to the thing that we were missing during the pandemic, which was not just travel. And this is something that you mentioned in the introduction, which I thought was put very, very nicely, the introduction of the new volume. But you said something about like travel is not just about the movement, but it's about like the experience and the, and the feeling of, of being mm-hmm. out there in the world. And, you know, your, your Instagram live series and all this great, you know, travel content that was popping us kind of connected us to that soul of, of travel that we were missing so, so, so deeply during the pandemic. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Yeah. So um, now that it seems like I don't want to, I, I, I guess, um, make any pronounce, pronouncements here about the end of the pandemic, but it seems that numbers are going down in some parts of the world. Um, but few people, you know, are still re- reluctant to or prevented from traveling. And, and in that context, like, how, how might we be able to kind of tap into the, to the feeling of, of, of travel or the, this 
feeling that you you mentioned in the introduction. Um, how can we fit the feeling of travel into our static lives? Yeah, so that's a really really good question. I think I asked myself that question a lot when we went into our first lockdown in the UK, and then our second lockdown. It was this time last year. We were all um, in lockdown. In many ways, that second lockdown was even harder. Mm-hmm. And um, myself, coming from my personal experience, I went from traveling full time. I was living out of a backpack for the last four years. It was it was everything I knew. It felt very alien to me to be in one place. It felt very alien to me to be in in sleeping in the same bed every night. It was just really <laughs> everything was different for me. Um, so I craved that sense of adventure, even though I couldn't leave, you know, I, I couldn't leave my house. I could maybe, you know, go for a walk around the block. That was it. So mm. where, what did I do? I did take comfort in, in travel stories. I took comfort in, in books that I'd read about travel in the magazines that I had subscriptions to. I still very much wanted to immerse myself in, in travel. And I think that feeling of, of travel that I refer to is that you don't have to go very far mm. to travel. I used to be of that mindset where I wanted to go as far away as possible because it, it needed to be different. It needed to be really exciting because it was just so different to what I knew at home. Whereas through the pandemic, I started doing things in my own you know, back garden. I started going kayaking in the river that passed through our village. I started um, um, foraging in the woods outside my house. Mm. And all of those things, even though they, they might sound really boring and mundane, especially to people that you know have climbed mountains and, and done huge expeditions, the feeling was the same. It was finding beauty in, in very small things. It was learning new things. It was meeting um, people that, that you maybe would not have met, um, had you, had you not been at home, you know, it's the, it's, it's all the same things that you do when you're traveling. Um, just that, but you haven't actually left, gone very far. You haven't actually got on a bus or a train or anything. Um, so that's what I'm trying to get at that actually it's a mindset traveling when you're, when you're doing it, in a way that actually gives meaning to you, you should be able to do that anywhere, even if you can't get on a plane and go somewhere really hot and exciting. <laughs> yeah, we get that here in Orlando. You know, this is in some ways it's it's a big city, and uh, in many ways it's re- reliant upon the tourist industry, especially in, in kind of like the Disney area. But we get you know a lot of tourists that come through here, and you know every day that <laughs> you know I go to work, right? you know, take a walk. It's just, for me, it's, it's the same old, same old, but for other people, this is something interesting. They see something interesting here that my eyes, um, kind of overlook just because of the familiarity. I guess it depends on kind of how, you know, the individual trying to see their, what they're used to in a, in a different light, um, or just having that kind of that feeling or, I don't know, like I was thinking about doing some like some new photography project as as well. And this relates to what we're talking about. And it's like, oh, you know, there's nothing there's nothing to photograph here in, in my neighborhood. But 
to the foreigner, to the stranger. I mean, everything here is interesting to them, you know, and it's about having that new way to look or the new eyes in a way um, to be able to appreciate what we overlook uh, so often. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think this is where we might have got it wrong on travel writing in general. I think I, I know a lot mm-hmm. of friends that would be like, oh, no, I don't I don't read about travel because I'm not a big traveler. And I've never really understood that because for me, reading about reading travel stories isn't about, isn't really, I mean, the best travel writing for me isn't really about telling me where to go on how to do it. It's teaching me so many other things um, about a place, about culture, um, about how people deal with different emotions about different situations. It teaches you about the human, you know, psyche at times right. where, where, when people are in a really difficult situation, how they get themselves out of it. There is so much more to travel writing that I think we are missing and that the, the marketing of travel writing has got so wrong for so, for so long. Um, and I'm hoping that this book will at least kind of, help with that to make people see that travel writing isn't just about where to go uh it's about how to ex- well how to interact with the world and i think that is a skill that everyone should should learn not not just travelers mm-hmm. yeah travel writing isn't just about flights into the foreign it's a it's a, it's about so much more as 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 you know what about you do you, do you think the 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 pandemic has caused you to want to experience the world differently. I know you talked about like the domestic travel focus, but what about like from the international or the global perspective? Has it caused you, forced you to rethink um, how you mm-hmm. interact with the world? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd be lying if I said that's it. I'm not going to leave. Everything I want is is in England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found I found a new love. Of course, you know I am a traveler at heart, and I I I still like you. Um, I was so excited when things started to open up again, and um, but I do think that the pandemic, at least, has firstly given me a bigger appreci- appreciation for 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 being able to travel. I think I took it for granted. Uh, I think a lot of us took it for granted. And I definitely do, you know, now even just sitting here where I am in Gran Canaria, having um, dinner outside and being, you know, surrounded by people outdoors and just being in the sunshine that I sometimes have to pinch myself and go, this time last year, you couldn't leave your house. And now you're here. I mean, it, it just feels like a huge luxury again. Um, and I think from someone coming from a Western culture, from a very privileged culture to finally be thankful for something like that, I think has been very humbling and something that's, that's actually probably been quite positive um, to not take things for granted. And then the other thing is probably that um, I have been traveling a lot slower than I used to. I mm-hmm. think before the pandemic, I was changing location all the time i was going from one place to the next i was just i mean i was ridiculous i was (laughs) i was very hyperactive (laughs) i think i still am hyperactive but um i've tried to slow down a bit um i've tried to take things easy i'm a lot i think i'm a calmer um more chilled out 
traveler, but I don't know, maybe you need to ask my <laughs> traveling companions if that's true. Right. Um, but yes, uh, I think those two things, traveling a bit slower and just being a lot more grateful for, for being able to travel. Yeah, I think that's a good attitude to have. Um, in flipping through the the new volume, I, I saw that, um, and you mentioned this earlier, some of these essays, you know, these aren't all recent essays. I mean, recent in the sense that they were published within the last 20 odd years or so, right? Within the mm-hmm. last 20 years. Um, but what about moving forward? I, I know your book is coming out in March, like on March 10th. Um, but do you have any kind of desire or do you have any hopes and, and fantasies that this could be, I don't know, a yearly thing? Or where, where do you see this yeah, going? Well, if any publishers are listening to this. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I would, I, I've enjoyed this project immensely. I think it's helped me not just read more travel writing, but it's also helped me connect um, with lots of travel writers um that I hadn't before you know I was very much a lone wolf um for a couple of years mm-hmm. um and now I feel like this book has really just opened my eyes to the community of travel writing and um and yeah and it's just just opened my world up a little bit even though I haven't been able to move around which is brilliant um I would love this to be a a more regular thing obviously the reason we didn't do a a yearly edition like the best american travel writing which came out every year was because we wanted to test the waters Mm -hmm. with the uk market to see if it is something that sells because obviously publishing is has to make money um this isn't you know all fun and games unfortunately so if we see you know that it does well Uh, I think there is definitely potential for more in the future, maybe a volume two. Um, I'm actually, I initially wanted one um, just for the year, but I think doing one over the last 20 years has really given this book, um, I don't know, an extra depth, an extra, I think it's a really good way to open tester waters and do a bit of a bigger scope. Um, so I'm happy we went for the 21st century in the end, but mm-hmm. let's see, let's see if, if this does well, fingers crossed for a volume two. Yeah. And hopefully we don't have to wait 20 years for that, for that one to come. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, Jess, thank you so much again for, uh, coming on the podcast, your book, um, the, the book that you edited comes out March 10 by, and it's published by Summersdale. So we wish you all the best and, um, yeah, thank you. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Jeremy. You can find the episode show notes and much more at TravelWritingWorld.com. Please remember to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app. And if you find the show valuable, please consider leaving a review or supporting the show with only a few dollars a month at TravelWritingWorld.com support.